0: and thanks for tuning in to 90,000 Hours. I'm your host and producer, Robin Landy. Today's episode features Megan Lincott, a watercolor artist and illustrator, primarily of cats and other critters, living and working in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. To learn more about Megan and to see her work, visit meganlincott.com or on Instagram at Megan If you'd like to support our work, you can become a financial supporter of the show by clicking on the links in the episode description. Thanks to Eric Kuhn for the use of his music in this episode, and thank you for listening. I think I did always know that I wanted to be an artist. My mom would tape pieces of paper to my high chair when I was a baby so I could paint and draw, um, and that would keep me quiet for a long time. My first word was kitty, which I think is actually pretty rare, but um, yeah, I think that I was a cat lady from the beginning. Most of my jobs have been art-related. I started working, I think my first professional job was uh, at Whole Foods Market, doing like the signage there and painting the um, chalkboards. I was talking to someone recently and they're like, oh, but those are all fake. And I was like, no, I'm a person and I actually do those. After working at Whole Foods for a while, I went to uh, fashion school actually at FIDM in San Francisco. And I thought I wanted to go into fashion design. It was cheesily the height of Project Runway. I've always made my own clothes. Like, I remember going to school in like third grade with pants that I had made for myself, and kids were like, no. And uh, I stopped wearing them right after that. But we always made clothes, um, my sisters and I always made clothes for like our dolls and our trolls and things like that. So I was like, oh, okay, this is my my other aspect. I'm going to do fashion design. So we went to school for fashion design and um, my first big interview was at Old Navy. And I went to like this cattle call interview and there were a bunch of tables set up with the different departments. And um, I went to the kids, the girls department and I showed her my portfolio and she's like, this is nice, but... Um, what else do you have? Like, do you draw? And I was like, oh, actually I do. And I ended up showing her some phone pics of chalkboards I had done at Whole Foods. And she's like, these are really great. Um, we're gonna hire you to do freelance to start. And like, that's how I started at um, doing fashion graphics for kids and I've been doing kids patterns and graphics since then. On the side, I also do pet portraits and started doing stuff at Oak Cat Vid Festival and started this crazy cat world and have just made a bunch of cat art from there. I think working a day job creating art and then working for yourself creating art personally, you end up just never not working. (laughs) You try to take a day off here or there. I've been trying to take like one day a week off, but I also really love it, like, I feel really fortunate to be able to be paid to draw every day. Like Not everyone gets to do that. I have fears of burning out because of it. So far I've been okay. There are definitely times where I'll work my day job from 9 to 5.30, 6.30 and then work until like 10.30 or 11 every night. And that's hard, that's really hard. I remember when I was doing my cat tarot deck, I had to ink four cards a night after work in order to get it all done. And uh, that was a rough time. (laughs) I'm pretty, uh, I know what I do. I was listening to um, an interview with Elizabeth Gilbert where um, the interviewer was like, you know like what people think of you and you have had this one great hit book and people probably think you're like a cheesy Oprah author. And she's like, oh, I very well know what I am. (laughs) And I I feel similar, like I I know what I do. I make, I basically make memes. They're not to toot my own, very lovely rendered memes, but they're memes all the same. I don't really fit in the fine art world and I don't really fit in the comic world, which I, I think those two things, I'm in the middle of that Venn diagram. And so I, I don't really think of myself as a comic artist or a fine artist. I guess I fit more into illustration. Um, so I'm like an, a watercolor illustrator, I guess. But yeah, I, I paint memes. Um, I've shown at a couple galleries, but like galleries aren't really interested in my work. I think my niche is publishing right now, and for as long as that works out, I feel thankful. I had a favorite book when I was a kid. It was like The Witch's Almanac, and it was just like this fake, almost jokey witch supply book. And I feel like that really inspired me in my current projects right now. Cats, like I said, kitty was my first word, and we've grown up with cats. I just kind of always been into cats. I love that they're aloof and they're almost misanthropic. There's something interesting about cats, a creature that has made a language just for humans. They meow and purr just for people. They realized somewhere along the line of being domesticated that they they could get what they wanted by talking to humans and creating this language just for us. Because of internet culture, in a time when art is so valuable and so valueless at the same time, like I think it's really hard for people to understand why something is worth so much or why something is worth it to purchase a piece of art, even if it's just a meme, a painted meme. Art is worth it and art is beautiful and art feeds your soul. The great thing about art is that you can explore anything in the realm of human experience, even silly memes about cats, even what I like to call litter box humor, which is like kind of what I traffic in. And I, I think it's, it's sometimes hard for people to understand that. Um, I've had a few other artists give me shade too. And it really sucks because it's mostly women artists. And like, I, <laughs> that bums me out. I had a woman say to me, she's like, well, I could sell out and paint cute animals too. And then I had another woman say to me, Well, your lucky watercolor is trending right now. And that just sucks. I like I don't I don't want to feel competitive towards other women. I wanna build each other up. I don't shine unless you shine. I want to share things. I want to be a fan of your work and have you build me up too. I think there's a way to have a reciprocity there. I feel like that's been a hard thing to grow up and learn, like, that people will still be competitive and that we're still dealing with things in terms of a patriarchy, that we've been made to feel like we're in competition with other women. And it's very prevalent at my day job, too, that there's a position everyone is vying for right now. And it's, I work with mostly women, and they kind of pit one against another, and it really sucks, like, why, why can't you value each person and each woman for their own individual talents and individual worth? I think that there should be more of a culture of sharing. I know that a lot of people guard their art secrets. I say art secrets with air quotes. I've asked people like, oh, that's really cool, like, how did you do that? Or where did you get that made? And they're like, I'm not telling. I think that we should be able to share more because what I make and what you make is never going to be the same thing. I have an individual brain. You have an individual brain. Even if we like both become monkeys who wash our food at the same time on the shore, like we're going to do it differently. That collective consciousness thing. If somebody comes up with a similar idea at the same time, they're going to be a little different and they're going to apply to different people and there'll be room for both of us. There's room for everybody at the table. I feel pretty positively towards social media, which is maybe contrary to what popular opinion is, maybe. I love TikTok. I think it's great. Um, I think it's a brand new creative platform. Like the fact that you can duet with people is amazing. I actually did pretty well on Tumblr. I used to do Tumblr a lot and I had like 80,000 followers and I was like, yeah, pat myself on the back. I think that was really my platform. I was hanging out with all the the cat memes and porn i guess (laughs) so poor tumblr r.i.p i want to engage with that like i think it's still a way to connect with people and i've still made amazing friendships with people all across the world even for (sighs) as negative as like some of the consequences are of being in this like immediacy culture or this like perfection culture where you just see, like, the best aspects of people, I think people are getting better at, like, presenting other sides of it, too. I was extraordinarily lucky, and I think in the time of Tumblr, I was posting a lot. I was posting every day, and um, an editor from Chronicle Books ended up finding me while I was working one of my fashion graphic day jobs. They approached me with a project, and luckily, because that project did well, that was... Tattoos. It was my first published project, which is a book of temporary cat tattoos, which sounds cheesy, but it was still a book. And I was super fucking proud of it. From there, since that did well and people were receptive towards it, I have made Cats Are the Worst. I made Cat Tarot, um, and that has done extraordinarily well. And I feel flabbergasted all the time about it. Um, I think it was just the right thing at the right time. And then Clause for Celebration, like a greeting card set was published and that was in Paper Source and that's wild. Cat Tarot was at Urban Outfitters. Uh, like it's weird to go into a store and see something that you made. That's a really humbling thing. And then last year I put out Unfamiliar Familiars, which is a book of alternative witch familiars. And then I have a dog game coming out called Go Fetch and that's kind of a dog version of Go Fish. You like find matching pairs of cute doggos. And then I have Palmistry coming out, which is unlocking the secrets of the universe with cats. And so it's taking all of the mystical aspects of Palmistry and phrenology. And um, it has uh, a divination board, kind of like a Ouija board, but we're not allowed to say Ouija. I hope people like it. I think that you know a lot of my friends are so talented. My partner is so talented, and um, I don't think would consider himself very successful. Like he gets an average of twenty to forty notes on each thing he posts, but his drawings are fucking beautiful, and they're so good. And I see so much in like him and so many other artists that I know, and I don't know why I got lucky. I did the work. I do the work consistently. I reach out to people. I draw all the time. I put the work in, but I mean, the fact that someone found me on some random day on a website because I was posting every day, that isn't because I'm the best cat artist ever. It's because I got lucky and I feel thankful that I did get lucky. It doesn't feel undeserved, but there are so many other artists and so many other creative people who also deserve it and who won't necessarily get that chance. And that sucks. You know, I'm sure there's an aspect of privilege in this. I'm a white lady. I was able to afford a computer and drawing tools and the means to make watercolor paintings, which is a privilege. And I completely recognize that. I have a really embarrassing story. So I went to art school before I went to fashion school. I had to write like, you know, my college essay and I quoted Ani DeFranco because a baby queer kid over here, um, I, uh, I wrote an Ani DeFranco quote, art is why I get up in the morning, but the definition ends there. It doesn't seem fair that I'm living for something that I can't define. I wrote that in my college essay and they still accepted me. They probably were just like, Oh, you seem like maybe you might have the money to like pay for this first semester at least. But I kind of feel still feel that I may not be like a fine artist or even a lowbrow artist. I feel like I float somewhere in the middle of probably edgy Hallmark card or something, but um, (laughs) I still feel like that's the reason I get up in the morning. Living for something I can't even define. <laughs> oh my god, that was so cheesy and embarrassing. So you're welcome. <laughs> well, with every new accomplishment, I always think to myself, things are going to start happening to me now. But it's never just one moment. It's every little project or every little accomplishment you do, you're like building towards it. So. I kind of honestly hope that there isn't a top, because where do you go from there? I think it's going to be a mountain of little accomplishments that's never-ending. I do have secret ambitions to be a vegan pie maker, though. If people are like, fuck cats, or fuck watercolor animal paintings, I'm going to become a vegan baker. That's, that's just my secret ambition. That and maybe making a really good loaf of bread. I haven't been able to do that. Well, I mean, you always want to kind of quit your job and do your own art. I would love to just be able to draw like funny cats all the time. Maybe I'd get sick of it though. Maybe there's the rub. If I was able to just draw cats all the time, yeah, maybe I'd get sick of it if I was afforded that privilege. Like maybe part of it, the reason why I do it all the time is because I have the hustle and I feel like I'm fighting and scrapping for my time to be able to create that stuff. Recently, I saw a quote from somebody who said the goal of the artist is to like quit their day job and do their art full time, but that shouldn't be the goal. You're still successful if you have a day job and you're making the thing that you want to make and the thing that you want to see in the world.